It's now time to talk tennis. We're right in the middle of the business end of the Australian Open and Brett Phillips uh, is joining us now on SEN. Thank you, Brett. Thank you, uh, Adam. Nice to join you. It's um, a little sticky already. I've gone the jeans, so it's oh. short yesterday. Adam, I think I should have gone shorts again, but anyway, a little <laughs> fly blown after a late night uh, last night back here in a, after a few hours and... Yeah, the punters are enjoying a nice little steamy Melbourne Park today. Now, the big guns uh, will all got through yesterday. There's been a lot of talk about the scheduling and all those sorts of things. But from a tennis perspective, to see Djokovic yep. and Goff uh, tested in the men's and women's draw, uh, respectively, but get through. And then uh, particularly last night, both Sabalenka and Sinner were very, very good. Yeah, the cream rises to the top, uh, whether you know they're, they're challenged or whether they're just... You know, it's the status quo of how they play. So, yeah, I mean, Sabalenka, six consecutive uh, Grand Slam semi. Coco Goff backing up from, you know, winning the US Open in the next slam, uh, producing the goods. Djokovic, what more can we say? And Yannick Sinner um, has definitely arrived. He's ready. He's ready to strike uh, the big Italian. So, yeah, we love the second week when we, uh, we sort out the contenders and those who have, um, you know, fallen short. And the usual sort of suspects um, climb to the top, certainly on the men's side. A little bit different on the women's side uh, this year, uh, which is good. It adds something to the tournament. And uh, you've got to make a name at some stage and get a breakthrough. And we love that when it happens uh, here in Australia. So, yeah, it's got a bit of everything, uh, Adam. Yeah, it certainly does. Now, you spoke about Yannick Sinner on Sports Day with me uh, a week or so ago and talked about how he has definitely closed the gap to the to the absolute top. And he beat Djokovic twice last year and... Uh, and maybe this is his time. I mean, it's interesting because he hasn't got through to a, a, a Grand Slam final before. The, his future's all ahead of him, I understand. But last night, the way he disposed, disposed of Rublev and the, the crisp way he hit the tennis ball and his court movement, it was a sight to behold. Yeah, yeah spot on. I mean, we, we, we sit obviously in a magnificent position there in the bunker. So we're sort of, you know, ankle waist level. The players are really close. You, you you see their movement on a hard court, and you go, "Wow!" I mean, the ground they covered, it, you know, from corner to corner, uh, and his ability to, uh, you know, really get on his bike and and get forward. I mean, it's just an imposing sight. Yannick, he's big, uh, not necessarily, you know, the Rafa Hulk, uh, but he's, uh, you know, he'll get some more meat on the bones. But gee, um, there's not much you can get past him. He defends. You know, when I look at Djokovic defending out of the corners, I. I look at Sinner and I see so many uh, similarities. Um, he's got the firepower. He's just got a real uh, real calmness yep. about him. You don't see him blow up. You see him just navigate his way through. He's got this great team. I mean, now Darren Cale really is the cream on top because he already had a good Italian team. A guy called Riccardo Piatti, well-known in tennis, did a lot of great work to lay the foundations. And then Yannick uh, sort of wanted some other voices in the camp. And then Cale's like a little bit of icing uh, just to add some elements that can help him, you know, get that Grand Slam uh, breakthrough. And, yeah, I, I, if it doesn't come here this week, I, I feel like, it, you know, at least a Grand Slam final is going to come his way in uh, 2024. I was well, watching him last night trying to work out some of the things that maybe Darren Cale has brought to his game. And, uh, I mean, even trying to see the similarities between, say, Sinner and Agassi, the, the only thing I could really pick up on was how he likes to step up into the court. He likes to be up on the baseline. That means he's hitting a lot of half volley uh, drive shots and all sorts of things. But it was noticeable that he, he kind of owned the court against Rublev last night, which he's going to have to do if he's, he's to beat Djokovic. Yeah, absolutely. That, that, the court positioning is just so important. I mean, if you're 
you know, if you're taking it early and you're inside the baseline and then you're shifting the opposition player around, it just makes life uh, so difficult. And, and, you know, the other player can feel that. They can feel it, you know, the player's almost right in their face and Yannick's got such a, a big presence. Yeah, I mean, everyone's got their own individual game style. We know Medvedev, you know, stands, you know, almost back in the crowd and, you know, everyone's got a different way of going about it. But certainly from an Alcaraz and Sinner point of view, uh, the current superstars of the sport, uh, they love to get aggressive and get forward and get up in the court and really, you know, set the tone of the rally. And they, you know, they both do it so well. Alcaraz and Zverev is the headline act tonight. Um, is it is it one-way traffic? Is it definitely Alcaraz or Zverev, who's almost been painted as the villain through this tournament? Can he get mm. the better of Alcaraz? Yeah, you know, I don't. I don't think he can get the better of him, but I, you know, I wouldn't surprise me if that at least has a minimum of four sets. You know, it's very of how he recovers. I mean, he's played a couple of really big matches to date, but you know, whilst he's um, got the serve that he has, and you know, that sort of one-two effect, whether he gets you know great placement on the serve and then sets up the whole court, you know, he's a tough guy to break. So that's why his matches are going quite some time because they're going. Uh, to lengthy sets, tiebreakers are a 7-5. There might be one little opportunity you get against Sverev. But Alcaraz is the one that can disrupt the rhythm and, and get that break because he can play every shot in the book, which is a nightmare for a guy like Sverev who likes rhythm, who likes to, you know, stand and deliver. He's big and tall and strong and, you know, hits a, a massive forehand. But Alcaraz will uh, run him ragged, loves playing the drop shot. He'll slice away where he has to and... And just get some balls out of the, uh, you know, into some difficult areas for Zero to retrieve. So I've got to back in Carlos. He's just playing beautiful tennis uh, right now and appears, yeah, bound for the final. Medvedev and Herkats is the other quarterfinal on the men's side. The women's side, I'll be honest with you, I don't know too much about the four of them that are that are playing today, <laughs> which has kind of been the way in women's tennis for quite some time. It the, the, just new players continue to emerge. Yeah, well, it's this is it happens in women's tennis. We get a lot of seeds, you know, go out. There's a big crop underneath. They're all, um, you know, biting away, trying to get their breakthrough at a major. Um, you know, certainly the player that is the most accomplished right now is uh, Xi Jinping of uh, China. She's the 12th seed. You know, to me, she's bound for the top 10. She's uh, been building beautifully the last two or three years, made the quarters of the US Open uh, last year. And Wim Fassett has gone back with Osaka as coach, did a lot of great work with, as young to get her up to the next level. I mean, Diana Yastrzemska was on the scene for a while pre-COVID. She had a, also a, a doping ban. She was off uh, court for about seven months. She was later cleared of that violation. And she was 21 in the world game back a few years ago and lost her way, sort of just formed to oblivion and top seed in qualifying here. So we knew she had the talent. Whether she could get back with all the young players rising was going to be the question. And uh, yeah, Kellen Skyer, 75 in the world. Actually watched her in Adelaide leading up Adam, and she played some really good tennis, actually beat Krachikova, uh, you know, 10 in the world, and you thought, okay, a little, little asterisk next to her, not thinking she'd carry that momentum uh, into a Grand Slam. And Linda Noskova made the Adelaide International final going back 12 months ago, lost to Sabalenka. So she arrived then, and we kept a little asterisk next to her for the year. So there's, yeah, there's a big crop that you're taking a look at who are, you know, fortunate this year round with a few of the seeds going out. It's opened the door up for them to have a great run. And you can catch all the action on SEN. Indeed. We won't be leaving, Adam. We're here. <laughs> uh, what's, what's our catch cry? You know, first to arrive, last to leave. And that's what we are with tennis, like all sport, on SEN. 
Fantastic. Uh, you're doing a great job. The coverage has been outstanding. It'll continue that way all the way through until uh, Sunday night. Uh, thanks for your time, Brad, as always. Uh, pleasure, mate. Thank you. VP joining us there. And uh, don't forget, if you want to catch the live tennis action on SEN, just uh, you know what you've got to do. You've got to go to the app and uh, do all the right clicks and away you go.